With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Cain Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back to more to it. The show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude trying to plow through this with the voice a little better than I was yesterday, but a little worse than I'm going to be tomorrow. Y'all catch that? That's how we got to live our life, man, with a lot of love. Appreciate the love I'm getting from you guys out there right now. I'm getting it in the streets. I'm getting it online. Everywhere I go, I'm feeling fine, man. Appreciate y'all. Breach, reach, high heart right there, man. We got Wally's World and YouTube members. Y'all know what we do on this show every Friday. Friday swag away. Somebody go get this book, make it to a play, or we got a special contest this week. The hundred thousand hundred. Sure, I wish it was hundred thousand follower contest. See these playing cards. You can win those as well, or somebody get this antiquated San Diego Chargers jersey. I swear they don't make this no more. God, this thing is fresh. Antique right there. Hook you up. If you guess the exact date and the exact time, Pacific time, I ain't say specific either. I said Pacific time that we get 100,000 followers. I'm already saying Monday of next week, and I'm saying 2.27 p.m. Can't lie to y'all. I think I'm a little early. My daughter's going later than that. I'm starting to see a lot of the followers, a lot of the members saying later than that. Yeah, I'm thinking it's going to be later than that. That ain't no diss. It's just yesterday, we were at 91,500 when I started filming. Today, we are a little over 92,000, right? So we still doing, no, we're not. We still doing this, baby. But when are we going to get to 100,000? So I get that damn plaque. And when I get that plaque, I don't know where I'm going to put it, but it's going to be somewhere where y'all going to see it every day. It's going down right there. So let me tell y'all what's up with that dude. Well, last night I went to a party. Um, I ain't stayed too long uh, because you can see my voice is a little, a little parched. Um, I went to Michael Eves. Y'all know him from ESPN, Sports Center, golf coverage as well. Homie, too. Um, I've known him for over 10, 15 years, used to live down the street from him when I lived in Manhattan Beach on the Strand when I was single, enough said. Um, uh, yeah, I know Michael Eve, so I went out there to support him, Darren Matthews, who threw the event, amazing event, had a great time. 
Um, saw a lot of people that I knew it was a reunion. You ever get to a party, you get to a point where you're like, I can't break eye contact with you. Because every time I look up, I'm talking to you. I saw Jamie Maggio there. Oh, I ain't seen her forever. All we do is just click like on our Instagram post. That's the homie for forever. And um, I'm staring at her, talking to her, and then you just go like this. That's the other homie right there, Mike Hill. So then you do that, there you, there's God Tory. And then you go, and you're like, God dang. Every time you break eye contact, it's a new homie. So a lot of love in the building, but not all love. I got to tell you all this. So I saw somebody there who I knew didn't like me, that has beef with me. I'll give you some hints, but I'm going to protect the guilty. Um, he's in the industry, but he don't like me. And I don't give a damn about him. I actually like him, but the way I am is either I like you or I don't care. Apathy. I don't have hate. I got apathy or like or love for you, right? So I saw him. So my boy who was throwing the event, every time everybody get there, he wants me in the pictures for the stature and all that, whatever, the celeb part. So I'm doing all the pictures. This time he grabs the dude. He don't know that dude don't like me. So it's funny. Somebody stopped me to take a picture. But y'all know me. I got that spidey sense. I'm reading the room. I'm watching. And then dude like, nah. Mm, huh. All this, right? Like he don't want to take the picture with me. So anyway, I finished taking a picture with so-and-so. And I'm walking over there like, oh, they taking the picture. And I know he don't like me. So you know what I did? I jumped in the picture. <laughs> so they staring at the cameraman doing this. And here I come hugging them both like this right over his shoulder, right in his neck, right in his earlobe. Like, what up, boy? <laughs> and then he walked through the picture was over. He walked away. I was like, no, no, no. I said, hey, hey, I said his name, black, black, black. And he was like, he, he didn't want to turn around. I was like, golly, beef is real with these cats. It's just some tweets, just some words. So then I shook his hand, said his name, and looked him in the eye with a big smile. And he didn't have nothing. Yanked his hand away like I stole something. I was like, God dang. So I'm glad I made it home, basically, because he was not happy with me. Hot 100. Other than that, um, a lot of love out there. A lot of people telling me they watch the show. People tell me, oh, man, I love this even better than Fox. I was like, why? They were like, dog, I get clips. It's like seven minutes. I got a little, a little break, a little lunch break. I'm just going to the, <laughs> to the snack stand, and I throw it on. I watch me a clip right there, and it's crazy. This is my Columbia moment. Yes. When I went to Columbia, everybody was like, why you roll the dice like that with your NFL career? Should have went to UCLA. Should have went to the big schools. What are you doing, Marcellus? Rolling the dice. My Columbia moment, because then they slept on me. Till I got drafted. Now, some people, not everybody, because y'all ain't, slept on me. This sucker is adding up. This sucker is doing this. All right, y'all. Speaking of this, ain't nobody more this that I know than Shaquille O'Neal. And he reacts to what Jeannie Buss had as a list when she excluded him from the top five Lakers. What? Yes, I am saying this real. Jeannie Buss ranked the five most important Laker players of all time. She named the late great Kobe Bryant, of course, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, of course, Irvin Magic Johnson, of course. Now it's going to get tricky. Trick to the rock around LeBron James, interesting, and her former boo head coach, Phil Jackson. So Shaq caught wind of this on social media and posted a clip of Jeannie Buss on the podcast and captioned it why with a bunch of wise like why 
And his Instagram post also included a photo of himself making a shocked face like, are you serious? I ain't top five. Hmm. Okay. Now let's get into more than the why, but how sway like for real. Okay. Let's focus in on LeBron because LeBron's the first one, right? You're like, ain't really, but he's in the goat conversation. If not the goat, right? So he's universally ranked higher as a basketball player than Shaquille O'Neal. Even though he only has one Laker ring, he's still in the GOAT conversation, right? So one ring but GOAT kind of adds up to more than the three rings that Shaq has as a Laker. That's how I think Genie is calculating this. But then you look at Phil Jackson, you're like, damn, greatest coach of all time. Him and Pat Riley, but probably Phil. Then you're like, God, he got five with the Lakers. So that trumps even Shaq's three. But he's not a player, and he ain't contribute like that. Shaq got him that three-peat. Back to back to back, right? So what should we do there? Ah, ah. So basically, I want to know. Let's beat up Shaq. The good of Shaq is most dominant player in NBA history. Yes, we said it definitively, especially as a Laker. Good Lord. The bad of Shaq is he didn't stay long enough, didn't win more championships than these other guys on the list. And the way it ended, and they were trying to poke at Shaq, saying he was distracted, despite him winning and being truly successful with all those other endeavors that he still has right now that he had when he played. So I'm asking you guys, you agree with Jeannie Buss leaving Shaq off the list? I'm asking you guys, you agree with LeBron being on the list, even though he's only been a Laker for five seasons and won one chip, but he is the GOAT or GOAT-ish. Let's talk through that on the comments. See what's cracking like a maggot. Hey, I want to send some love and prayers out to Dickie Vitale because y'all know he's having two more throat surgeries as I had one throat surgery. And I'm hoping the way I'm, I'm feeling right now is not going to be another one. But respect to Dickie V, the great who is going through the same process. So vocal cord surgery, basically, man, we got them nodes. I have acid reflux. Didn't know that till I was a grown ass man, adult. And then when I realized it, I was like, oh, that's probably not good that I was throwing up my food all the time and just re-eating it. <laughs> I was a little kid. I thought I had a special power. I thought I was like Superman. I could make my food come back up. And I would do it when we had tacos. So um, I'm in that position right now. Plow through it with me, guys, because I'm going to get through this. Thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Brinks, Reach, we already know. I heart, YouTube, Wiley's World, Friday Swagger Way. Who going to get that? Oh, who gonna guess exact day, exact time that we're going to go over 100,000 followers? Right now, we're at 92 plus thousand <laughs> in just five months. <laughs> or you can get this guy. Dang, these are fresh. These are playing cards, dog. That's me. It's your boy turning that corner. Finna get busy. Ask the big homie, who is he? What song is that? And we got this old jersey they don't make no more. You go NFLshop.com and you click and find this, good luck. You ain't going to see nothing like this. Could be yours. Guess the exact day, exact time we go over 100K. All right, let's get into the story with Scottie Pippen. Said he wouldn't apologize to Charles Barkley even at gunpoint. Damn, going all the way in. He can never expect an apology from me. Barkley responds too. So Scottie Pippen, Charles Barkley had beef for over 20 years at this point, and it all started during their time as teammates on the Houston Rockets. 
Following the breakup of the dynastic Chicago Bulls, 98, Pippen joined the Rockets in a signing trade to a team up of Barkley and Akeem Olajuwon. That's why it's so funny every time Barkley be talking about super teams, like, dog, you, and ring chasing, uh-huh, <laughs> suckers there. All these cats do it when they got them bad GMs or it ends where they were. So to ensure the team had enough cap space to give Pippen a five-year, $67.2 million deal back then, Barkley took a massive pay cut. Pippen, however, would demand a trade after just one season, and Barkley went on TV to express his disappointment over it, to say the least. In response, Pippen blasted Sir Charles, wop, wop, and stated he never apologized for it. I wouldn't give Charles Barkley an apology at gunpoint, he said, so he could never expect an apology from me. If anything, he owes me an apology for coming to play with his sorry fat butt. Oh, snap. That always tells me somebody wrong. The first one who leaves what we here for. We here to talk about, dog, I wanted you to play on this team. You wanted to play. We made some kind of pact or promise. I looked out for you. Ball. And as soon as you go with a personal attack or any other attack, that usually is a sign of guilt. Let's talk through it. So the Rockets finished bad that year, 31-19. Not horrible, but it was a lockout short in the season, and then they were eliminated in the first round of the playoffs. That's why it was bad. By the Los Angeles Lakers in four games. So Pippen didn't want to stick around for another run at it after he was very unhappy. So he was disappointed, particularly in Barkley, right, who he termed selfish and added that he doesn't show him the desire that he wanted to win. Pippen also said that Michael Jordan told him that Barkley would never win a championship. Ever, 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 ever? Nope, because he doesn't show any dedication and that he should have listened to MJ. That's how Pippen felt. So Pippen's wish to be traded was fulfilled eventually as he was sent to the Trailblazers later that year. Barkley was asked about Pippen's comments on not giving an apology, even at gunpoint. And you know Charles going to make some jokes of this. He had a hilarious response to it. He said... He would never apologize, but as you know, I always carry a gun with me, Barkley said. So, there is a chance. There is a chance. I'm going to go to my truck and get my gun and see. So, if I get arrested for murder, y'all will know he didn't apologize. Now, we know he's saying that tongue-in-cheek. Please, don't anybody in them comments go hard and go real at that. He was just clowning. So, he also mentioned that Jordan had called him to make it clear that he never made the remarks that Pippen claimed he did. Oh, neither player won a championship. We know that Barkley retired in 99, Pippen in 04. Now, to me, Pippen is wrong, even though I know why he feels right. Like, I don't know the level of promise, right? I don't know that, but to take some food off of Barkley's plate, I think it shouldn't be short-lived your stay there. He took a massive haircut for you, and you said, I don't like this, and I don't think you really want it, and I don't think you dedicated. We're not going to win together. I'm out. So I know why he feels right. He feels right because, dog, like anybody, you got to do what's best for you. I don't care what kind of agreement we got. Always know in fine print it says that I come first. And never forget that. Hopefully you don't. If you do, you got food, boo-boo the food. Because it's like a coach when he recruits you. Coach come to your house, and he's like this. Yo, I'm, I need you at my school. I need you at my university. I need you to be my starting DN. You're like, hell yeah, I'm coming. You know he got other living rooms to go to, right, fool? <laughs> and more than that, 
Even when you get there, ain't no guarantees. Like, that's sports. You know, maybe in the real world, some factions, some sectors, that doesn't exist. In sports, dog, it's always eat what you kill, right? You got to go out there and get it, and things change. What if he got traded the next year? Then what you going to say? I took the haircut. Did you all trade him? I'm mad at him. Eh. But I also understand where Barkley's coming from. Barkley like, dog, if you had any inkling, any foresight that your butt wasn't going to be here but for one year, you should have told me that and I wouldn't have took a pay cut. You could have still came, did what you did, blah, 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 right? But then you feel used. Ah, it's a tough one right there. So y'all tell me in the comments how y'all feel about this situation because we see Scotty beefing with another legend. Mm, what does that mean? Mm, MJ, now Barkley. God dang, you starting at the top, bro. And then Barkley beefing with Skip, whatever. And now he beefing with Pippen, whatever that is, too. So what y'all make of this? Is this something, nothing, or everything? I want to know what y'all think about this. Because there's a lot going on behind the scenes with this one. Especially if MJ in it. Because MJ don't even kick it with Barkley no more. And MJ don't kick it with Scotty no more. What the hell going on with our OG legends in basketball? OGing. You know what I'm saying? Whoop, whoop. Hitting Conas in the sixth tray, Chevrolet. Got love for you guys, man. Y'all out there supporting your boy. We riding through this, man. And it's a lot of love, man. Brinks, Reach, iHeart, YouTube, Wildest World. Friday Swag Away is right here. This book, man, this is a good book. Want to know why? Because it shows you how I got to where I am, wherever the hell that is. But a lot of gems on the way, man. It got to be greater than your greatest excuse. I use nothing as an excuse, and I'm going to show you guys how to do it in that book. Also, we got a big contest, 100,000 follower guest game on our Friday Swag Away as well. You can get these playing cards right here, or you can get this jersey right here. Damn, this dude used to turn that corner. Ah, go, go get him, Wiley. Go get him, boy. Sue, I used to go sack them quarterbacks. Oh, got love for you guys, man. 100,000 followers, exact day, exact time that we cross that milestone. I say Monday at 2.27 p.m. I am wrong. I already feel it. <laughs> We're at 92,000 right now and climbing. We'll see what you guys say in the comments. All right, now let's see what Amin Al Hassan, or as I call him, yada da mean. I give so many nicknames. Like, I remember your nickname before your real name, right? Like Rick Buker. I call him Slick Rick the Buker. They still call him Slick Rick because it's just catchy, right? So love for my people out there. But Amin, yada da, insists that Damian Lillard, the deal is done, and he calls out Woj for spreading ridiculous rumors. Oh, really? I got some history with this. Let's talk. So virtually all signs point to the all-star Damian Lillard, who's not happy in Portland right now, forcing his way to the Miami Heat. Yet ESPN insider Adrian Wojnarowski continues to hedge, leaving open the possibility that a dark horse team could emerge, thwarting Miami's rumored pursuit of Lillard. Uh-oh, I see where this is going. So there's a Wolves tweet. The Heat, Clippers, and 76ers are three teams that will have interest in exploring trades for Lillard. Sources tell ESPN. The Blazers are expected to value deals that will bring them back young players and draft assets. Doesn't seem like a crime right now, does it? Let's read the next tweet from Wolves. Front offices talking to Portland today. We're left with impression that GM Joe Cronin is pursuing a star-level return package for Damian Lillard and that Cronin plans to look well beyond the Miami Heat 
to find one. No crime here, but certainly a little suspicion. But here goes a mean on the Dan Levitar show who has a theory implying Wolch is doing Portland a solid carrying water for the trailblazers in hopes of leveraging a better offer from Miami. Ah, you map that theory onto what's going on in reality. Now you see something. Here's a mean quote in this scenario. What does Woj Ronowski gain by delaying the inevitable, insulting our collective intelligence by pushing a narrative that no one, not even himself, believes? Mm. Adrian knew. He knows what the deal is, suggesting that Lillard to the Heat is a done deal. Just wait on a few dotted I's and cross T's. What he is engaging in is protecting one of his closest sources by giving them cover by saying there's no way he's going to go to Miami and coming up with ridiculous premises like San Antonio could be a dark horse. It's all poppycock. <laughs> Where's Poppy? Levitar? Where's Poppy? Levitar conveyed a similar message, suggesting that ESPN is hoping to drag the Lillard saga out as long as possible, doing everything in his power to keep the content machine running. Ooh that are going on in sports, right? Because it's a quiet period on the sports calendar. So he says the Heat know they got Lillard. When no one's talking about things that are going on in sports, hot dog eating contests and baseball, Lillard will fill your timeline. He ain't lying. Who's the biggest star right now that might be on the move anywhere in sports? Mm. Transaction feeds so much of this that it now eats up so much TV content with people talking about how Boston and Philadelphia can get in the game. He ain't lying right there. All right, let's talk about all this, but these are the dog days of summer and content. Thank God that these commentators are talking and beefing and former players because, man, I am not talking about hot dog eating no more. I'm not talking about badminton, even though I wish y'all would love it like I do. Can't talk about Wimbledon. Y'all like, dog, what the hell are you talking about? Can't talk about pickleball. Like, I mean, what, what are we talking about? It's the offseason of basketball and football. And we still killing it out here because we know there's more to it than just the results in sports and the big ones. But he has a tremendous point and it's a huge incentive for ESPN to draw this out. Now, let me tell you why. One, they pay Woj seven million a year and Schefter nine million a year. Little bump up. That's the NFL. And it's not just a tweet, y'all. Like <laughs> y'all not getting that type of money just to be like sources say this insider money. No, you know why they get more? Because they are content creators. Think of them as you think of a Stephen A. They just do it in a different form, in a different version. So that comes with incentives from the network itself. Hey, Stephen A show is two, three hours. Y'all over there tweeting for 10 seconds. Um, that's not seven and nine million dollars worthy. But if you can give us something that we can keep running with, oh, excuse me, not run, jog with, walk with, what they say? Oh, y'all tell me the movies. Hey, man, let's run down there and get one of them. He said, nah, bruh, let's walk down and get them all. And that's what Woj sounds like he's doing, according to a meme, walking down and trying to get them all. And the all is your attention to this Lillard story. Okay, so I found this out the hard way. Let me be real. When Schefter was going to break, it seemed like the Jim Harbaugh story, I thought he was slow playing it. I didn't know anything. I found out the hard way. When I found out the information that Jim Harbaugh was going to Michigan, 
I didn't believe it. Then my boy said, dog, I got the intel for real. I know the recruiter that signed the deal for him, you know, the headhunter out there that puts the two parties together, merges it. He said, I, I know that guy. I got it. And I was like, no, you don't. And then he sent me a picture literally on the air. And I looked down. I was like, oh, that's Jim Harbaugh's contract in his signature. And it said Michigan on it. I was like, Psh. and then you know me, I'm just being real. I just talked about it. I was like, yo, Jim Harbaugh going to Michigan. I think I was with Max. I'm not sure. And he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, he's going to Michigan. I said it matter of fact. I ain't even care that much. I was like, dog, I love him as a coach, but he ain't with the 49ers. I'm kind of disappointed. All right, whatever. Then all of a sudden, bosses tapping, producers coming left and right. I was like, what the hell did I do? And they were like, oh, man, it was Michigan Gate. <laughs> I was like, what the hell? But I was like, ah. And then I had to give a fake apology, and I gave the apology, and it was fake, but I gave the apology for real because I thought I took food off Adam Schefter's plate. That's his gig. That's his thing. I ain't never intend that. But now, as I look back on it, and then this story just keeps confirming it, it was none of that. It was just they wanted to milk this sucker for months. Well, y'all should have told me. <laughs> I would have helped you out a little bit. But at the same time, they were drawing that out. And they knew all along that sucker was going to Michigan. Don't act like my random ass just going to find out Jim Harbaugh going to Michigan. And y'all got all these insiders and sources, right? So this is how the game goes. Adam and Woj get paid capital from ESPN. And then they pay the teams for inside information, pay them for exclusive access, human capital. Y'all know what human capital is? Favors. Looking out. All right. And it may be this situation, it may not, but I know human capital exists everywhere. That's the connective tissue to make you get the information to scoop first. Oh, you do me one, you, I'll do you one. Do me a solid, I'll do you a solid. Man, a meme might be on to this one because I think you may be doing them a solid. So, y'all believe out of that means <laughs> I take that dame to the heat is already done. You believe Woj and ESPN are dragging their feet on this one to maximize coverage? Or y'all believe woes like, dog, I'm just reporting the stuff y'all doing way too much. Y'all need to get out of that rabbit hole and get off the internet real quick. Let me know what y'all think in these comments. Throwing up the West because I'm the best, y'all I'm saying? Rest, all right? I love y'all. Y'all love me too. I can tell because y'all be watching these videos. We be talking that trash. Got a lot of love out there, not only online, but in these streets, man. People talking good about us. And what we're doing over here. So thank you guys. Thanks, Brinks, Reach, iHeart, YouTube, Wally World members. Why is it good to be a Wally World member? Because you get your Bustin' Friday swag away. It's just simple stuff. And I got way more for y'all going forward. Here's the best-selling book by yours truly, Magic Johnson, who's probably in either Italy or Paraguay or somewhere. Magic be on the road, sucker. They'll be on yachts everywhere. And Bruce Smith gave me some love in this book as well could be yours this Friday or we already know we got the contest going this week when do we get to a hundred thousand followers so look at all these playing cards I ain't giving y'all all of them but let me stop and you can get that as well you can say I want the book I want the cards or you want this damn jersey look at that jersey Woo! turn the corner man right defensive end that boy was out there beasting a lot of love for you guys pick the exact day exact time Pacific time that we go over 100,000 followers in just five months. Five months? 
Yes, five months. All right, y'all, let's get into some funk up, some comments. Uh, I love this because it not only gives us a chance to recap, button up what we said, but see what y'all think about it, right? Like I told you, I'm not here to talk to you. I'm here to talk with you. Let's go through it. Northwestern football hazing scandal. And we already know Coach Pat Fitzgerald got fired. They must have found the smoking gun. He gone. Uh, when I played high school and college football, 98 on up, hazing was something done by second and third stringers who would introduce the freshmen to the squad. Nothing sexual or semi-sexual. Might just be certain individuals or positions that do this, cornerbacks, linebackers, running backs, linemen, or et cetera. Back then, we knew it was something with no malicious intent towards it. Now, if you do it, there's film or someone's trying to make money off of being a victim instead of having camaraderie. Football ain't for everyone. Wow, that touched me. Football ain't for everyone. Like, it's weird. I I wonder if I'm desensitized or y'all just soft. Because I'm like, what the hell, dog? Like, man, first of all, ain't nothing they going to do to you worse than playing football. Let me just tell y'all that. Football hurts from hello. You walk on the football field, that's the last moment you're going to feel that good. We used to always do this. We used to walk in training camp every year, and we're walking. And somebody would say it. Sometimes it was me. We'd be like, dog, do you know this is the best we're going to feel for the rest of the year, rest of the season? Because after that, first practice, you got sliced on your pinky. That ain't nothing to us except two stitches. But you're already there. Then you go to the next practice. Are you good? He just stepped on your toe with cleats. And then you're like, these ain't even on the injury report. Finger all jammed up and somebody jerked. Oh, and, and y'all talking about hazing? I raised my hand to get hazed. Now, I ain't raised my hand to get what they had done to them. I don't know what the hell they doing over there. And they sorry, Northwestern, y'all too sorry to be having that damn heart of hazing. So I hear you on that point. The SEC is so successful, but I never hear of hazing going on down there. Hmm, maybe a program's focused on getting quality coaches. That might make things better for them. Oh, I got to disagree with you, uh, Bunny. You know why? Maybe they just do it better down there. You know, bigger programs, better programs, better culture, tighter culture. Hey, bruh, let me just let you know something. We're going to do something to you. And if anybody find out, oh, and plus, they have an ecosystem. Peep this. So you're not even going to be the former player who talks trash because you mess around and mess up your future money. Dog, like, what is it? Like Greg McElroy and all them cats? Them suckers be eating. They didn't have to go pro. They didn't have to ball out and make it to the NFL. Man, they pitching is playing for a big SEC program. So I think that's why you don't hear so much. All right, Dana White defends Israel Adesanya and his rant. I love how UFC fighters and the commissioner are uncensored. Makes you wonder what Adam Silver or players would really say to the media if allowed. Yeah, I mean, you got to pick, you got to pick a side, you know, are you going to travel Madison Avenue and that's your way or not? And, and to be real, the UFC sold its company. So they're making money still hand over foot and they're still out there being representatives entitled. They already cast out. What did they buy the UFC for when they first started? 20 million or something? And then they sold it for how many billions? Nobody buying the NBA because the NBA ain't for sale, first of all. So they got to keep impressing 
people and pressing sponsors and pressing brands because they still need that. There's no cash out for them. So I think it's a little apples and oranges in that respect. But it will be fun if these players could really go there. All right, DDP says he's a man. Nah, he's a straight. I can't say that. He know how Izzy was going to react to those African comments and is now using the fact that Izzy is pissed to make it seem like he's in the wrong here. I have zero respect for that because when you say something, looking for a reaction and get it, you don't get to turn around and start crying about it. Woo! One of my best Wileyisms that I made up was don't call for attention and hang up, right? And I see a lot of fools out there biting my style, trying to use it. Stop using my stuff, Acho. I'm clowning. Do it. I use other people's too. Um, but the thing is, yo, he did act like he was grandstanding. He did start gaslighting up there like, this is not how a champion would act. <laughs> he a UFC fighter talking about, this is not how champions should be. This is not how it goes. I was like, dog, ain't nobody believe in your little Hallmark card you trying to make us read, fool. Hey, I can't wait till they fight. It's going to go down. That's all I know. Joy Taylor. All right, let's get into her. Dak's problem is not talent. Thank you. He, he is most definitely talented. His problem is his decision making. Cowboys not having a championship can't be placed solely on Dak's shoulders. It's an organizational issue. I don't know about all that. Jerry meddles too much. I don't know about all that. In my opinion, Jerry is the biggest thing holding his team back. I don't know about all that. All these years when the defense was amongst one of the worst in the league is not Dak's fault. True. Don't get me wrong. Dak has to play better, but it takes an entire team to win a championship. Oh, hell yeah. Reason I didn't win a championship, simple. I had sorry-ass teammates. <laughs> Let me stop. <laughs> they saying that about me. No, nah, in seriousness, man, you know how hard it is to win a championship. 32 do dudes on teams, like 32 different teams trying to win a championship. All against somebody else's will and skill level. Man, it's impossible damn near to win a championship. So when they win them, respect. But don't always diss somebody with disrespect because they don't. A lot of things got to go in your favor outside of your control, outside of your skill, outside of your talent. And I'll stop blaming Jerry Jones, y'all. If y'all blaming him now, well, then give him all the love ever for winning those three out of four years, damn it. Acting like Jerry Jones don't know what he's doing. He did that. Y'all acting like, well, uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, and it's some teams that don't have a long time ago. It's some teams they ain't got no ago. They ain't never did it. So y'all better give Jerry some love. Love me some Jerry Jones. All right. All ghosts in team sports had great teams and top defenses. Preach in the league. Brady had terrible stats in his first three Super Bowls. Championships is a team accomplishment, not an individual achievement, especially in football. Next. I love that. My question to you is, do you not think Kirk Cousins is talented enough to take this team to a Super Bowl? You defended the hell out of Dak. Defend Kirk. Hey, bruh. Kirk wasn't the conversation. Kirk wasn't the article. Ain't nobody talking about Kirk. <laughs> Kirk good to me. You, you asking the wrong dude. I like Kirk. I like Dak. Dog, you know how sorry you got to be? to be the quarterback that can't win it all. Like, I don't know if Brock Purdy going to be great or not. He looked amazing last year. But Brock Purdy came in there, just warmed up his arm, said, yeah, I'm Mr. Irrelevant, and damn near went to the Super Bowl. I'm just saying, like, y'all be putting way too much on. If you're not Patrick Mahomes or that tier, good luck to you. I'm like, nah, let some other things kick into place. Let the running game go off. Let us have a short intermediate and passing game. Let us have a coach that's a disciplinarian, great clock manager. Let us have a defense out there. Let us have tremendous special teams. Then y'all be looking at the quarterback like, all you got to do is no messing up. So y'all got to make up y'all minds first. All right, let's get to Wiley's world. 
Uh, Cam and Andrew Luck are not Hall of Famers. I hear you. Just because they were great doesn't mean they're Hall of Famers. What does it mean? <laughs> Seems like nowadays they let anyone in because they now have a big name. They both spent most of their careers injured. I hear that. They're not Hall of Famers, but damn it, they were Hall of Hella all good. Man, they were killers. Both are Hall of Very Good and Ring of Honor. To your point, just because they're going to put mid-Eli in the Hall doesn't mean they should open up the floodgates. Okay. I hear some of that. Um, they're not Hall of Famers. They're not getting in, I'm saying. They're better than the worst Hall of Famers. That's all I'm going to use. That's my line. Whenever you tell me somebody in or out, I'm like, in terms of qualifications, are they better than the worst? And we talking about an NFL MVP, one of them. But no, neither one deserves to get in. All right, let's get to some Hall of Famers of our own Wiley's World members. Let's get to Adrian, who is sitting there with the polo going with the horizontal polo and about to jump in here bring them in bang what's up adrian let's talk through it baby but marcella so um i'm watching wimbledon right now on the um other Me too. on the other street right now so i'm wondering like what sport did you never play growing up that you wish you played growing up mm. hey i played basketball my first sport ever was golf five years old Second sport actually was football. Third sport was basketball. And this is the one I wish I would have just kept going. I played one year. We won the championship. We won every game by 30, 40 points, little rec league team. It was only six of us. Um, I didn't know how sorry I was, but the whole year I only scored five points. And I scored four of them in one game. So I knew I wasn't that good. I didn't know that I actually was okay. I just ended up playing, no lie, on that team, we had three dudes who were all state in high school and one went to college, none went pro. But the point is, I got discouraged because these dudes were so good. But if I had played basketball, I would have been a way better athlete, way better. Like I was a good athlete. I was big and strong and could run fast straight. But my lateral movement, my short space movement, because I didn't play basketball. My son plays basketball now, and he's only seven. I can see the difference already. He got his mama DNA because she's a college basketball player. Then he got my pro NFL DNA. He's just a big, fast, strong, quick, short space kid. Tony Gonzalez kind of types. I wish I would play basketball all the way through. Oh, no, I meant like what, what sport that you never played when you was younger that oh. you wish you played, like – Oh, like wait a minute. Hockey, oh, I don't know. Field hockey, I don't know. One of those. Oh, sports. you stereotyping me. You acting like I ain't played tennis growing up because you watching Wimbledon and you're like, this brother ain't played. No Man, you better stop. No, I ain't played tennis growing up. <laughs> if we had a tennis court too down the street, it's actually kind of like deeper. I don't want to go too deep right now. Um, you know, how everyone always says underprivileged, under resourced in the hood and stuff. And then like there are some gyms no matter where you live. And I mean like really locations, libraries, YMCA's. We had a tennis court. Nobody played there. Nobody. So sometimes it does get exaggerated. Like we don't have things. No, we just didn't take advantage of it. Probably lack of exposure, not seeing it on TV, not watching it, not playing it. So then you don't even go down the street and play where you got a tennis court. Now everybody plays it down there. So the point is, 
Um, tennis would have been a great one playing growing up. Um, everything else I kind of touched, um, except that one year of basketball, which it was more. Okay. Yeah, I feel the same way here. We, we, we got a tennis court and a basketball court tied together. Tennis court never gets used. So I yep. feel you there. Yep. yep. Uh, my next question is, when did you use failure as a motivation tool, improving tool, instead of like something that is more discouraging? Did it happen when you were younger or have you always had that mentality of using uh, failure as improving or... Um, I didn't always have it because I remember a moment where it shifted. I don't think it was uh, fully mature, but there was a moment my coach told me in track um, because I was so fast, like neighborhood fast, you know, racing everybody that when I went out for organized track and field, a real team was the first time I saw a bunch of people kind of as fast as me, right? I was like, I thought I was way faster than everybody. Now you're on a real track team. Suckers can run, right? So I remember I ran my first race. Um, and I lost. I got second place. And I was like devastated. I was like, how did I lose running? Like, it was 100 too, so the, the easiest one. I was like, ah! And this dude, Brian Winward, Woodward, he was just fast. He went to UCLA, I think, ran track. Like, fast, fast. Um, he smoked me. Not by a lot, but he beat me. I was mad. And my coach came to me. He said, okay, there's this thing called being psyched out. And I was like, psyched out? What you mean? He was like, okay. Before that race, you're having thoughts. And then you lost that race and you're having thoughts. You're going to race again. You're going to race that guy again. You're going to be in the same place again. Maybe even that same lane again. But those thoughts don't matter for that next race. So I'm like, huh. So he said, do not get psyched out. Don't ever be in a competition where one, literally you're looking in the other lanes. Two, Mentally, you're in the other lanes. Oh, this dude real good. Oh, he faster than me. Oh, he's slower than me. So I started to use myself in process and preparation. I changed that. Result doesn't matter. And I know it feels good to win and it sucks to lose. I'm just like y'all. But after that initial moment of emotional reaction, I swear, I don't care. You know why I don't care? Because it's time to prepare. And I'm like, next time, I'm going to get his butt. I don't know if I ever beat Brian Woodward. <laughs> you know what I did? I ended up getting out of the 100. I started running the 400. Nobody beat me in the 400. It was killer. So I always use it like, well, my son now, I, I always tell him, it's not how good you are. It's how well you play. I don't care about the results. We don't count the score. We count the effort. Like, I just don't. And I swear you get further that way. But I see coaches and kids so caught up on, did they win the score? Dog, it don't matter if you beat this dude from Long Beach. It's a fool in Idaho right now who's better than both of y'all. Are you worried about him? You better be worried about the process. So you had process um, oriented thinking from like the jump pretty much since like high school, right? So how do you like try to, how do you instill that mindset in somebody who, you know, like they think about the results, they think about the micro, how you, how you get them to actually like, take in the process-oriented process, process oriented thinking, like accept it, as, accept, accept it as something they can use instead of something like, well, man, that's, that's BS or that, that is something you came up with. How do you get them to accept it? Um, I don't get them to accept it, but I do try to make them aware of it. Like, there's a pyramid of success in this world. You see how that goes at the top? Ain't much room. 
I am a firm believer, like 100% believer. All of us ain't going to make it. <laughs> we competing, bro. Like, and if you don't want to compete, do you? I'm just going to tell you, it's a lot of room at the bottom, but it ain't that much at the top. So a lot of times we always think we're so unique. We are, but we're uniquely the same. And it's not a game of art. The game of life is not an art form. It's a science, dog. <laughs> like hard work, dedication, desire, all that stuff. Yeah. Ignore that if you want and see how far you go. <laughs> all right. So I'm like, dude, I'm going to make you aware of it. If you don't want to buy in, I see you down there. I'm trying to climb, right? With no guarantees of making it up there. So you got to be courageous. You got to be persistent. You got to be daring. And you got to apply yourself to the science of the game of life. Just like football. Every sport has it. Football, you can be the fastest dude in the world. I always tell this story. Reggie Bush, coming out of college, who was better? But in the NFL, it didn't go so well, right? It didn't go as well as it did at SC. You want to know why? I even told him this one time. Got a little mad at me. I was like, dog, that fast in, the, in college ain't the fast in the NFL. You want to know why? You're not threatening us. Ain't nobody scared of no just fast guy. We just going to meet you where you are and go get you. But if you come at me, sit me down, balance my feet, make me think you can run me over or even want to run me over, Oh, you got me everywhere you want me. But, it, you know, you got to know the science of running the football, just like there's a science to this game of life. So for the non-believers out there, I'm persistent with my message. I keep going back. I reinforce it. But if you don't want to believe me, I hear you. I believe in you. But the only person that can overrule me is you. So do you, bro. Okay. And to finish up here, um, so... The Eagles, they're doing their last ever tour that's coming up. So what is one group, what is one rapper, one musician, or whatever, that you wish you would have seen a concert that doesn't um, go on tour anymore? Damn, that's dope. I've seen Biggie. I've seen Pac. Uh, you know what? No lie, they just went on tour, and I missed it, so I'm going to still say them. Diggable planets. We like the breeze phone straight out in my lips. Them them got move on them. How our book of kids. Boy, I love diggable planets. Yes, we do. Uh, I love diggable planets. A lot of people probably don't even know who the hell they are. Insane. Never made a bad album. Never made a bad song. And just stopped rapping. I don't know what the hell. And then all of a sudden, I saw like a year or so ago they on tour, and I swear I was gonna go, but I was out of town. So I gotta catch. Diggable planet somewhere. Ladybug. Yes, we do. Uh, that's my group. Um, one that everybody would know. I saw Michael Jackson. I saw Prince. I'm old, man, and I'm lucky. <laughs> I don't think anybody on that list other than Diggable Planets. Who you got? Uh, NWA, Ice Cube, LL Cool J. Damn, I've seen all of them. Let me give you this, and then we get out of here, big dog. All right, mm. those are all insane. I got insane moments, but one concert that I went to was Snoop. He did a private concert um, somewhere in Hollywood, not expecting this. Somebody invited me to say, Snoop performing, come through. I was like, all right, and then I got there, and there was only like 100 people there. So then I thought it was going to be a mail-in, kind of like, ah, oh, ain't nobody here, so he ain't going to go hard. Yo, he brought out, and this never happens at Snoop concerts, Dog Pound, 
Lady of Rage, all of the death row artists, and they did the songs that weren't on the radio. Because I love Snoop, I love Dog Pound, I love Dre and all them, but when you go to their concerts, you kind of know what you're going to hear, right? And I was like, man, won't they play them other bangers, right? Like this one right here. Stranding on death row, so duck. Now, you ain't going to ever go to no concert to hear that. But when you go to that, I went to that Hollywood, I was like, Daz and Corrupt are right here doing Stranded on Death Row. I was like, what the hell? So that was my favorite, like, unexpected concert. But everybody you named killed it. I've seen all of them as well. All right, Adrian, yeah, get I'm out. Okay, I'll see you later, Marcellus. <laughs> Adrian, like, I'm out of here. Marcellus is going to talk all day. I ain't got no voice left anyway, so I'm going to let Mikey P do more talking than me. Come on here, Mikey P. Vanna White style or the other way. Damn it. Oh, that's why Vanna get all that money. She know which way. All right, Mikey P, bring it in, baby. What let's do? All right, so I'll spare your voice. I'll keep it at one question, all right? And this just happened. So yesterday, the San Antonio Spurs announced that number one pick, Victor Wembayama, will sit out the remainder of Summer League. I'm so happy I said his name right. This is only after two appearances. One bad, one good, okay? Is this a bad decision? How much do those reps matter? And is he missing out on a chance to improve his game? What are your thoughts on this? Because this is trendy. Yeah, and this is where I disconnect from sports. Like, And I'm really asking, I'm going to ask you, does he need to play in a summer league? Like, I, I, I thought he wasn't going to play at all. When I heard he played, you know how I heard he played? Because everybody was saying he sucked this first game, nine points. I was like, I said, one, y'all lucky he played. Two, do you know how it is when you transition to the next level? You're not even doing it. You're in an outer body experience. You are not aggressive. You are not playing your game. Just like when y'all go to a new job and walk in there day one and your bosses and your superiors are there and everyone you work with, you ain't walking in there flexing, telling jokes. You walking in there trying to find your place. Uh, What do we go after this? What do we sit? Like, it's a normal human experience. Now, the investment they got in him, I would just be like, dog, weight room, uh, nutrition, controlled environment. You ain't got to play summer league. So I was surprised he played two games. So help me, Mikey P. Like, you tell me. You think he should be out there tilting with these dudes who ain't going to play in the NBA? Why should he? I mean, I can see the argument of getting your feet wet a little bit. So he did do that. But also, it comes down to this. is How much do you trust the coaching staff's opinion? Like, they're the ones who see him every single day. They know, I'm sure, if he's ready. So Greg Popovich has been around a long time, right? He's a legend. So... I'm going to take Greg Popovich's word that he is ready. That That's what that says to me is they, they've seen what he can do and they know that he's legit. But you never know until regular season starts. So, hey, on this show, there are no right or wrong answers. We learn or unlearn. But if I was on a different show, I'd be like, no, you're wrong, bro. Let me just tell you this. You ever <laughs> heard the Fugees? L- Lauren Hill comes to mind when you talk about this situation Number one pick, Victor Wambayama. Ready or not, here I come. Ready or not, this sucker getting thrown into the fire to the deep end. I don't give a damn if you can swim or not. And you know what? What we're not going to do 
is risk you playing up and down the court against dudes who are going to be working at FedEx in two months. That's how the game goes. This is how organizations <laughs> think. No, for real. Like, 80% yeah, I know. of the summer league, they ain't got a shot. Like, this is what's so crazy about training camp. Because you can't say it until you're the man. Then you say it and you see them vets sitting there with their helmet off and a hat to the side. Just <laughs> look at these dudes working. But you had to work when you first got there. Let me tell you this. This is how it goes. They only got so many slots for dudes to make the team. So in football, it's 53-man roster, right? Really, it's a 45-man already sealed roster by contracts, by how productive they are. 45 dudes already locked in. With the, they can have the worst training camp ever, never do anything in preseason games, and still make the team. But there's eight slots that we like. We got eight guys on the fence that we had, incumbents, and eight new dudes. Go get it. <laughs> Special teams, whatever you got, <laughs> just go fight for it. Y'all eight. The rest of y'all, stop playing. Like, Victor could do anything in the summer league, great or suck, and it ain't going to matter. He going to get the same minutes, same time, shut him down, get his body right. Yeah, you know those, those fringe players – Going against those vets who might be taking it a little easy, they they could be a little risky because they're going, they're giving it their all. I mean, if you're not giving your hundred percent to match these guys, that's when you get hurt. So, yeah. I hear you on both points. <clears throat> I was just, you know, I was throwing out the different angle, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah it's it. time to shuffle me out of here. Yes, okay. sir. Van, damn, Van, get paid. Yes, there we go. I love you, Mikey P. Appreciate you, brother. Mikey P was like, dog, thank God. I only had one question, too, and your voice, too. Make it perfect. <laughs> Worked out for him, too. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we end every show with a Wiley-ism. Yeah. Doc Rivers Wiley over here right now. Man, let's get into it. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. This is a simple one today, but it needs to be reinforced. Just like Adrian and I were talking about some of the tried, true words that really are part of the science of life. Desire, determination, dedication, discipline. This is in that lane. Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. There's a thing out there called the curse of the gifted. That means somebody that hits the ground running, born with it, DNA, whatever, it just comes to them, right? And there's a tendency for that person to skip a step, to not always be so fundamentally sound. Right? Because it comes too easy. Am I really going to sharpen my pencil that much when I know no matter what I write, it looks good? Right? You just don't care. You just don't care to the same extent as somebody else. So the supreme ones, the great ones, have that same talent, but they don't skip those steps. But the tendency is those with the uber talent. Think about your neighborhood. Who's the best basketball player? Did he make it to the NBA? Think about the neighborhood. Who's the best football players you ever know? You make it to the NFL? Folklore guys, legends, living legends. We all know. You're like, damn, why not? Because hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And working hard doesn't mean he didn't try and go to the gym. Working hard doesn't mean he didn't try when he was going out there running wind sprints, get full effort. Oh, no, it's way different, way deeper. You learn this when it's called professionalism. Did he go to bed? Did he stop partying as much? Did he let the girls go and have fun without him a few times, right? Did he eat better than other guys? 
like whatever it may be. It's like this whole gumbo combination that you got to do. And that is under the umbrella of working hard as well. So remember, no matter what your endeavor is, if you're the one who is supremely talented or you the one that being real, this is beautiful too. You ain't got it all. You know, I see some kids, I coach kids. First thing I do when I coach a kid, I look at his ankles. I look at his calves and I'm already grading his ass. I'm like, we're going to have to work. If his ankles don't look right, if them calves are low, he's slow. Frankly, he's slow. If them calves high and tight, whoo, give me that little dude. He's going to be, but then is he coachable? He might be the kid like, ah, I'm good. I'm good. I got it. Right. And then that, that kid with them low calves, he can't run nowhere, but he's going to be in the right position every time. And that's why it's a beautiful balance. So remember that no matter what side of the spectrum you own, put that work in, man. Give yourself the best chance for success because hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today, want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcel Swally, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wally's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.